We feasted on love, every mode of it, solemn and merry, romantic and realistic, sometimes as dramatic as a thunderstorm, sometimes comfortable and unempathetic as putting on your soft slippers. She was my pupil and my teacher, my subject and my sovereign, my trusty comrade, friends, shipmate, fellow soldier, my mistress. But at the same time, all that my man friend has ever been to me. C.S. Lewis Love is not merely a feeling. It is a deep unity, maintained by the will and deliberately strengthened by habit, reinforced, at least within Christian marriages, by the grace which both parties ask and receive from God. They can have this love for one another, even at those moments when they do not like each other, as you love yourself even when you do not like yourself. C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity Men, look at the world around you. What do you see? Degeneracy of every kind, rampant and lauded as good, and that which is good is slandered and discarded as antiquated. One of the fiercest and in most intense attacks the devil has launched in the modern age is to discredit, confuse, and tear down the foundation of marriage in society. Given this confusion in our culture, and sad and sadly even within our churches, agreeing upon the most basic meaning of marriage is no longer a given. The definition of marriage is of the utmost concern. A clear definition of terms is needed. Indeed, we have had a clear definition for millennia. Now Christian men must lead the charge to reclaim marriage for what it is, an institution ordained by God. Genesis 2, 18-24 puts it this way, and God and the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whenever the man called each living creature, that's what its name was. So the man gave the names to all the livestock and the birds in the sky and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took out one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Genesis 2, 18-24 Hello and welcome back to the Resilient Masculinity Podcast. This is the first episode of Season 3. In this season, we'll, we will be looking at making marriage great again. How we as men, as husbands, and as fathers can build, 
cultivate and encourage productive Christian marriages and households, for the building of a new Christendom, for the love and glory of God and King Jesus. In today's episode, we will start, as all good things do, as all good building projects do, with the foundation. If we want to build strong, robust, and resilient marriages that honor and glorify God, we must build on the foundation of God and His Word. Genesis 2, 18-24, the passage I just referenced moments ago, is the foundational passage in Scripture about marriage. God created and officiated marriage for His unfallen creation, and it has been said that the root of our understanding of marriage is that in it, the husband and the wife become one flesh. This passage is considered foundational for the scriptural authors, such as Jesus, who references it in who references the Genesis passage in Matthew nineteen, four through six, and Paul, who references our Genesis passage in Ephesians not five, twenty eight through thirty two. The Bible starts and ends with marriages that God himself is not only the minister, but the matchmaker. We see this at the start of the Bible with Adam and Eve in Genesis 2, 18 through 24. And we see it bookend the Bible and close us out with the marriage of Jesus and his bride, the church. There's two passages for that. There's Revelation 19, 9, and then Revelation 21, 2 through 3. We see that Jesus himself honors marriage in more than one way. Not only does he talk about it, but he also performed his first miracle at a wedding, turned the water into wine, and that is referenced in John 2, verses 1 through 11. So, a little fancy tidbit there for you. But marriage is an irreplaceable and constitution of human society. And it was created by God before the fall of Adam and Eve, which communicates deep spiritual truth, including speaking to the human race about the relationship of God to his people, pointing to the marriage between Christ and his church at the end of history. In it, one man and one woman who are not restrained by conditions that would invalidate their union, and who are fully informed of, in all relevant matters, freely and publicly, enter into the marital covenant through solemn vows to accept and fulfill all obligations of marriage, including an exclusive sexual relationship for all the days in which they both live. They consummate these vows through, of course, marital intimacy. We see throughout scripture that God designed marriage for humanity. At first, described in Genesis and later affirmed by Jesus, marriage is God-ordained. Covenant relationship between a man and a woman. This lifelong, sexually exclusive relationship brings children into the world 
and thus sustains the stewardship of the earth. Biblical marriage, marked by faithfulness, sacrifice, sacrificial love, and joy, displays the relationship between God and his people. Jesus himself tells his followers that they should embrace his clear vision of marriage. This is going to be found in Matthew 19, 4 through 6. Haven't you read, Jesus replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them, male and female, and said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Now, of course, throughout the years, Satan has deceived and confused and thrown into all sorts of disarray the modern idea of marriage. Um, this, of course, comes up in most recent memory in the Supreme Court cases, or the Supreme Court case, Obergefell v. Hodges, and this is, of course, the a Supreme Court case, I believe it was in 2015, it was either 2014 or 2015, that changed the legal definition in the United States um, of marriage to include homosexual marriage. Of course, this is just not true. This cannot be true because we know God created marriage and we know that God created marriage between one man and one woman. So the Supreme Court can try to change the definition, but ultimately, it has no basis. So nothing in the Supreme Court's Obergefell v. Hodge's opinion changes the truth about marriage. What it has changed is the legal definition of marriage, which is now a variance with orthodox biblical, or it is now at variance with orthodox biblical faith and it has been affirmed across centuries and has been embraced today by nearly 2 billion Christians in every nation on earth. So again, we see that, that Satan has poisoned the well. He has set up his minions and his demons to defy the living God. And in part, some of the ways he does that is by changing and challenging and deceiving against what the Word of God says. So according to the Westminster, Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 24, now some background before I get into this. I myself am not reformed. I am a non-denominational uh, restoration movement. I would, I would affirm the restoration movement. Um, which was a combination of, I believe it's Campbell, Cam, Campbell and Stonewall or something like that. Stone and Campbell. Anyway, it is a look to go back to what the New Testament, what church was in uh, Acts 2. So we are not the only Christians, but we are only Christian. So I am not reformed. But as I've 
dug deeper into what marriage is as we're going to continue to look into making marriage great again looking at church fathers from before looking at what the puritans did you know um, looking back into our own history as christians it's hard to say that you know the the reformers were wrong about everything no they weren't um were they right about everything no but they weren't wrong about everything and so i'm going to start referencing the westminster confession of faith more in this podcast than i think i've ever previously done um because they had good understanding of biblical truth again i don't believe everything that they say but let's look at what they say about marriage so according to the westminster confession of faith and this will be found in chapter 24 marriage is to be between one man and one woman neither is it lawful for any man to have more than one wife nor for any woman to have more than one husband at the same time genesis 2:24 matthew 19:5 6 and then proverbs 2:17 as the first one uh two marriage was ordained for the mutual help of a husband and wife for the increase of mankind with a legitimate issue and to the church with a holy seed and for preventing uncleanliness or uncleanness the passages cited there are going to be genesis 2:18 malachi 2:15 and 1 corinthians 7 2 and 9 what does this mean what does all this mean when we look at defining marriage looking at the foundation of marriage as we as we go forward for this not only this season but in our lives as husbands as fathers as men of god drawing from scripture and some of tradition we can make these assertions about marriage number one marriage is ordained and ordered by god two marriage is a contract and a covenant three marriage is both religious and civil civil four marriage is both private and public five marriage requires mutual consent six marriage is by definition heterosexual and monogamous seven that marriage cannot between be between close family relations eight marriage is for life nine marriage is a sexual union and ten marriage is sacred when my wife and i got married we made vows before god and before family we had witnesses there that were enter that we were entering this covenant of marriage and creating a new household a household centered and founded on our love and obedience to God, our love for each other, and our goal and mission to bring honor, glory, and praise to King Jesus. That is it for this episode. Again, this is just an introductory episode into our season. Uh, season three is going to be great. I'm looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts. 
So comment below, give us a rating if you like, and throughout this season we will be discussing setting your household mission together with your wife, we'll be looking at the goodness of sex, how God uses marriage to make us more like him and sanctify us, the glory of a godly wife, the stability of a godly husband, blessing of children, and much more. As we seek to make marriage great again and reclaim and restore marriage to its rightful place to honor and bring glory to God. Until next time, fight the good fight, act like men, become the resilient, capable, wise, godly man God has called you to be.